Hello and welcome to What Moves Us Express. Or alternatively, What Doesn't Move Us. <laughs> a daily podcast throughout this uh, disrupted season. Brought to you from sunny Brighton and... At Nine Elms in London. Hi Liam, how are you today? Uh, I'm good, I'm cold, it's windy, I've got a jumper on but I have tea so I'm good. You're cold. Well, I'm sat. I'm 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 sat in the brilliant sunshine of Brighton. Yeah, too windy to sit outside, but in the in the confines of my conservatory, it's lovely. <laughs> I spent the day on the Rail Industry Association webinar today, so um, been talking about trains all day. Just what we like to do. And <laughs> and who have we got with us today? We have Mike. Hi. Hi, Mike. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, could you introduce yourself to us? Yep. So my name is Mike Lloyd. I'm uh, managing director of Junction. Uh, Junction is a scale-up company based in Shoreditch. We've been working in uh, developing innovative rail applications for about the last five years. So most of our work is with TOX, um, and we've had one or two uh, rail grants. We've won a couple of competitions, one with RSSB and one with Innovate UK recently. So we're just trying to be a bit of a disruptor in the industry and come along with some new ideas and some new solutions. So are you sat in Shoreditch today or are you somewhere else? No, I am at home in Bedford, which is where I actually live, um, trying to juggle uh, the fact that I'm doing all my meetings. My son has just gone back to school and doing uh, doing online remote learning. My wife's trying to teach flute lessons to people. So we're having, a, having an exciting day in the house. <laughs> that sounds like a very diverse household. Now I'm, we also I'm, have Jack with us as well, don't we? So who's Jack and where are you, Jack? I'm Jack, if you didn't hear. Um, I am based in the sunny town of Chatham in Kent. Currently, I can barely see, to be honest, because the sun is right, shining right through my window. But at least we know it's nice outside. So uh, you're both from Junction. Now, just for the clarification, there is another company name that I often see associated with you. And is that, how is that? Yeah. So the other name you'll have seen is Art10. So yes. basically, um, Art10 is a, a general digital agency that I started about uh, 26. And we did lots of work for all sorts of different companies, developing apps and websites. But over the years, we sort of, uh, ended up focusing more and more on rail and anyone got very confused about this name Art10 uh, because it was designed for you know as a sort of general strange agency name like everybody yeah. else um, so we did a branding exercise uh, around 2016 um, and we came up with the name Junction just really because it explains more what we do uh, we're, we're in rail and that's really our direction most of our business now is in rail um, we do we do still do a few people uh, outside rail um, one or two interesting projects but it's nearly all rail now right so um you sound like you're in a busy household uh we normally ask uh i guess how they're impacted by the current events um obviously restrictions at home so would you say you're busier or less busy at the moment um we're pretty busy at the moment because we uh, we were very lucky. We won a, a big Innovate UK project under the FOAK3 um, awards last year for a decision support tool. 
um, which was between July last year, just, it's just finished um, the end of March. And um, that's kept us really busy and just doing stuff like final project reports and, and tying up all the loose ends with that. And we've got a, a webinar planned for 6th of May to um, talk about it more widely to the rail industry. So we've got a lot of work associated with that. Um, we have various ongoing projects that we do for TOPS, um, various customer service related apps and so on that all need supporting. Um, we, we have seen some impact on um, new projects being delayed at the moment, but obviously with the uncertainty. So we've got a couple of projects where people are just holding at the moment, I think till they understand what's happening, um, you know, obviously with regard to the, the, the government involvement with the, with the franchises. Um, but yeah, we're going to be pretty busy now. Um, and we're quite positive that we think uh, that we're going to see uh, the train companies have got a little bit of time to think now. Um, normally they're so busy trying to hit the PPMs and, and all the other problems every day uh, that, that they don't have so much time perhaps to think about innovation. We're just hoping that there's going to be a little bit more time uh, for them to think about that. So um, we're, we're positive and we, uh, it would be interesting to see how things go over the next couple of do you, months. Do you get the impression that they're taking this time wisely to think about innovation then? I think it's a little early to say. I'll have a much better idea in a couple of weeks when, um, as I say, we've got this webinar. We are talking, um, one of our other colleagues on business development is, is uh, doing a lot of calls with um, people in different departments within the talks. So we're sort of building up a picture at the moment. So difficult to say at the moment. I mean, obviously, you know, everyone's had to cut their timetables back. Um, you know, no one really quite knows when things are going to start um, working back to normal again. So, you know, I got some more input from one talk today saying they thought they're going to be running some more services in early May, but we've had no confirmation of that. So it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. Uh, so, I think, think things will hopefully become a little bit more certain in the next two or three weeks. So you're re really busy, but are you doing anything to repivot the rest of your business at the moment with some of the other projects being on hold? Um, the, the big thing for us at the moment is the decision support tool. Um, uh, we, this is something we've been trying to get going for uh, two or three years. We've been talking to a lot of people about it. It needed quite a lot of investment. Um, we were lucky to get the Innovate UK project, which was over a quarter of a million pounds to invest in it. And we've also raised over a hundred thousand pounds from NatWest um, uh, from uh, uh, to help fund it. So we've got a big sort of jump, jump start on that. And that is our big focus from a business development point of view. We think we've sort of got there or thereabouts sort of first mover advantage. So we're, we're hoping to take advantage of that in the next few months. But what is the decision support tool? Okay, so basically, um, I don't know how much time you've spent in the, 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 the rail operating centres, Liam, but if you go and just observe uh, in a typical rail operating centre where TOX and Network Rail are managing the trains, if you get disruption, it's a very busy and quite stressful place because the systems that are in use uh, generally are quite established, things like trust, uh, control centre of the future, they're quite well established systems and there's a lot, there's a lack of integration of systems and in addition um, it's easy for the operators to get over overwhelmed by the amount of decisions that have to be made very quickly. 
So what basically what the tool is, is we're using machine learning and we are mining data on historical disruptions, anything from signal failures to, you know, greenhouses on the line or whatever. And from that, we're able to make a prediction that if, a, um, if an incident occurs at a particular location on the line of how long a disruption may last. And then we can apply that to the working timetable and that will uh, indicate where all the problems are going to be. Um, and, and very quickly, we can build up a picture of what are the key actions that need to be taken to try and get things running normally again. So does that mean then that um, the, um, the rocks can make or the people in the rocks can make better and more consistent decision making in real time? Exactly. So, for example, you might be concentrating on one incident um, in one particular location, focusing on dealing with that. And then another incident occurs on another part of the network. And you might not be immediately aware of that. And you could, say, lose a few minutes in, in addressing that problem, by which time the problem has got worse. So it, it's all about knowing what's happening everywhere very quickly, getting advice from the system as to what are the critical things, where the clash is going to occur. You know, if these trains are going to be delayed by up to sort of uh, 60 minutes, what, what's the impact going to be? What trains should we consider cancelling? Where should we make some new stops? That sort of thing. Um, it's just really to help, you know, you know, this is something that a very experienced uh, operation systems controller can do when they've been doing it for 20 years. Somebody new coming into it is much more difficult. But the system will help them achieve more consistent decisions, do them more quickly, and hopefully reduce delay minutes. Do you think, though, even if you are experienced, that this tool can still assist, though? Because I guess the thing is, if you're somebody who's been there 20 years and you're somebody who's, say, on the on the concourse of a, of a station waiting for a train, um, you always get the impression that bad decisions are made every time and there is no learning that goes on. So actually, can we all learn from this, no matter how experienced we are? I think... It, it certainly is a tool that will help everybody. And, um, you know, one of the things that even with an experienced controller, they can spend most of the time actually solving the problem rather than necessarily communicating about it, for example. And as I say, getting alerts that the rocks, you know, in the old days, you know, we had lots of signal cabins and, you know, a very long time ago, uh, and you could actually look out the window and see where the trains <laughs> were. Now, now, that you're, now that you're sitting in a big rock with no windows, you can't actually do that. Yeah. So you're, you're reliant on reports on the ground and particularly reliant on inputs and things like trust uh, to know, you know what's happening. So one of the things we have in the tool is that you can input incidents. So if, if someone calls in from a station, there's a radio report for problem, we load that into the system, uh, that goes into the database and that will immediately then calculate, well, what's the impact of this, this uh, going to be? Say, you know, someone's been taken ill at a station, how is that going to affect things? You can look straight away and do like a what if of what how that's going to affect and decide whether you need to do something about it or maybe you don't. Um, you and know, I so guess in a post-COVID world, shall we say, because we don't know what the new operation will look like, something like this is going to be really important. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, other things we do, for example, is we track sectional running times. So, for example, say we start seeing the trains are running slow. You know, if you've got an emergency speed restriction, for example, um, you, you start seeing slow sectional running times. That's going to have an effect. You know, there's lots and lots of information. And eventually the data out of this the, that can be built up could be then fed up 
fed back into looking at timetabling, um, maybe looking at, at changes in dwell times, that sort of thing, to look at trying to ease some of the pain points on the timetable. So it's 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 a big deal, really, and it's a new area. I know I know yeah. there are other organisations are looking at this as well, um, but as I say, you know, with anything in the rail industry, you know, it, trying to get innovation is always tough. So it's good to be able to have a demonstrator and be able to show what's possible. As as was shown in a recent in the survey that came out from the Railway Industry Association yesterday, showing that we all see the value of it, but we don't perceive that the railway is very good at it yet so it's still got a long way to go yeah this is the, i think this is why you know your your uh, activity is so important you know, we need to promote innovation and you mentioned the um the ria webinars i think we jack and i are going to be involved in that on friday so we're looking forward to that as well that looks like a really good event mm, it was good today Man, I was on the panel, so obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great so, chat. <laughs> so, so we're just about at the end of our time, but I've just got um, one one more question for you because you mentioned about um, fundraising um, and that you'd been successful in getting some additional funding through NatWest. So, the announcement that the government made yesterday for startups was that good news from your position in terms of getting match funding you know, for your business? Well, we are privately funded. So I, this is my third uh, company that I've started. And I, my first one, we went through the venture capital route and we didn't have a great experience with that. So um, we are sort of bootstrapping ourselves. So we, we, we have to be keep close to the customer and understand that. What I was interested in seeing the announcement yesterday is that they're making, I think, uh, three quarters of a billion pounds worth of funds through Innovate UK. And that's definitely something we're going to investigate what those funds could be available. But again, you know, if it's all loans, you've got to pay the loans back. Yeah. So, um, you know, our general model is to try and find people to work with to fund. Uh, um, you know, as a small company, we try and keep our costs to the bone. Um, but, you know, if you start building up lots of loans, lots of commitments, that's all got to be paid back at some point. So uh, and you never know how long these projects are going to take to fruition. Generally, they take longer than you think in Wales. Yeah. So, and I think I think that is something that we're hearing quite a lot, that people need actual investment rather than loans and to work with the client base in order to build up these products. And, and that's why the 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 the, um, the, the FOK. Uh, three, the, the investment we got from that was fantastic because that wasn't a loan. That was actually a contract uh, from Innovate UK. So that is essentially like investment. Um, so that, that's been a great scheme. And, um, uh, you know, I think there's another one of those running at the moment. I think they're going to make, make a, a number of more new investments this year. And I think that that is the best way to go, certainly for small companies in this area. We do need investment rather than loans. Yeah. Well, that's great. Really good to hear your story and wish you all the luck with your, with your webinars that are coming up and bringing this product to market. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, thank good you. Good luck. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.